welcome to That's Rad, Adventures in Life, Love, and Wedding Planning from the Pacific Northwest. I am Rad, local retired wedding planner. Haha, uh-huh, a Re- kid. Retired, yeah. <laughs> it feels like it this year. And owner of Rad Occasions. And this is the skeptical Rob. Very. Very. <laughs> Skeptic. Yeah, I was trying to say skeptically optimistic, but apparently it's too early for that. Oh my gosh, I know. Like the numbers, they keep going up. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I jinxed my couple that's getting married next month because I was like, don't worry, they won't go down in numbers. You guys will still have your 20 person wedding in December. (gasps) Well, it's a good thing we're on the island and not in Vancouver. We're on the Fraser. Fraser Health. I know. I was talking to their um, one of their vendors actually, and they thought that that uh, PHO applied to us. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I was like frantically calling him to be like, don't say anything to the couple. It does not apply. <laughs> so we got that covered. But yeah, it was like a moment of like, please don't. They're gonna be so upset. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully it keeps going that way. Like. Well, it can happen in a month as we've learned. Yeah. It's like this weird, you can't really plan in advance. Like I can't believe that I booked, um, one of those glamping pods for March. I, it's November. I'm yeah. like nervous about it. <laughs> Which is terrible for you. Cause you're such a planner. I know. And like, normally I would just be like, okay, it's booked. Everything's good. But now it's like, Hmm. Is it good? Is it good? Is it going to be okay? And like, I have to like check everyone's cancellation policies. Like all couples probably are now. Cause you're like, am I just like out this money or can I use it for something else? Like what goes on after that? Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. Um, today is also the volley. Um, this is November 14th, by the way, for whoever's listening. <laughs> We are pre-recording because we're productive and stuff. So we're we're just, you know, eating Indian sweets. No mm-hmm. fireworks because those aren't allowed no. in Victoria. Um, I should probably call my mom. Yeah, you should definitely call your mom. Yeah, I should definitely yep. call my mom. And, and then we're going to just, I don't know, hang out. Yeah, eat some Indian sweets and yeah, I don't know. You, you have a whole bunch of stuff booked for, for today, but I won't get into that. <laughs> it's mostly just making stuff for Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. It's content day. It's content day. <laughs> How's your week been going? It's been good. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Are you still tired? Those early mornings getting to you? Yeah. Waking up at 5.45 to go to work is, is uh, strange, and I'm getting used to it, but it's only been like... Two and a half weeks, so I'm still like acclimatizing to the early mornings. But that means you have so much time to do reels. Yeah. <laughs> it also means that I've been very tired when I get home, but it's starting to get better. Me, a coffee sponsor Ugh. for this podcast. Yeah. Discovery Coffee, if you're listening. <laughs> Big shout out to Discovery Coffee. It's tired. We are beef. always fueled by Discovery Coffee. We can, we could do a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Just, Just saying. saying. <laughs> Other than that, things good? Life's good? Yeah, life's good. Things are good. Okay. Well, I guess I know because I yeah, live with you. I mean, you this is for everyone who's listening. 
I got nothing exciting. It's it's still COVID. We're still, you know. Yeah, that's old news now. Keep it keeping it low key. Yeah, especially now because mm-hmm. the numbers are going up. Yeah. But anyways, do you need more coffee? Yes, apparently. Yeah. All right. I think we I'll still have you. some. I know. <laughs> this is season one, episode 17, and with weddings getting more and more meaningful these days, I want to chat all about unity ceremony ideas. Which is something I had no idea was like a thing until you were like, we're going to do a podcast on unity ceremonies. It's like, what the hell I know, is and it's because ceremony? we didn't do one because mm-hmm. we had like a whole surprise thing to it. So it's like, if we added that on, it would just like be one more thing that we had to like logistically plan on top of the multiple surprises that day. Well, I think because most of the ceremonies that I've been to have been Catholic or Christian or, or that kind of mm-hmm. Anglo-Saxon ceremony. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been to a ceremony that would have something like that. Well, apparently you can incorporate that into one of those ceremonies, this like unity ceremony. And we're going to talk all about that. And cause you don't know really what I'm talking about. You can ask all the questions. Oh, I plan to. Yay. <laughs> um, but basically the reason that unity ceremonies exist is because it gives you a moment on your wedding day to kind of just like slow down, pause and reflect on the promises you've made to each other. And it can be something that's super meaningful to both of you. And we've seen a lot of creative unity ceremonies over the years. So we wanted to go over our top 10 that we've seen that like are pretty cool. I'm already boring you. No, no. <laughs> Ignore my yawning. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the first one, and I think a lot of people have seen this, is lighting a candle. This is definitely a more traditional option. So basically, you have three candles that are going to be placed at the altar if um, you're doing a religious ceremony or at the signing table. And it's going to be one bigger candle and two taper candles. The bigger candle is the unity candle. And usually at the beginning of the ceremony, a member from each family, usually the moms, uh, light one of the smaller taper candles. And so these just stay lit during the ceremony. And then after vows are exchanged, um, each spouse is going to use one of the candles to light the big candle at the same time. Um, and if you, the really sweet thing about this is that if you have kids, you can even get them involved and have like another little taper candle for each kid. Aw, that's super cute. Yeah. So one note about this though, is you definitely have to make sure that you're in a venue that will allow you to have open flame. (laughs) (laughs) And watch your hair. Yes. And your veil. If you have one, (laughs) basically any loose flowing objects. A funny story about this is that way before I was a wedding planner, um, we had friends that were able to clear this at one of the venues. They were like, okay, only for this, you can have open flame. And so they went ahead and did it. And then the candles got put up in one of their rooms afterwards. And I guess like maybe somebody didn't who like somebody came to clean the room and they thought, oh, these people are going to be lighting candles and took the candles because it's against like the venue's policy, like the hotel's policy altogether. And so their candles went missing for like 
two and a half days or something. They did find them in the end, but like, I guess the, the person cleaning the room was like safety first. (laughs) Well, I'm glad they found them in the end. Yeah, me too. So yes. Um, like I was saying earlier, definitely make sure that it's a okay with your venue because it's not the same with electric candles. It just doesn't do the same thing. No. No. (laughs) Um, And then the second thing is planting a tree. I actually haven't seen this one in person, but um, we did a ceremony in Mexico where basically the tree was planted in their honor and they have like a certificate and all that jazz. There was an option where you could actually plant the tree yourself, but it was like off resort. So we didn't end up doing it with the couple, but like, this is pretty cool because it's, um, the tree is basically sitting in a large pot near where the whole ceremony is going to take place. And then during the ceremony, you can take turns adding soil and water to the pot. And then you can take the tree home and plant it in your own yard. But some people who get married like in their backyard anyways, to begin with, or, um, and like their parents backyard or like somewhere that they can plant a tree that they're allowed to, um, you can just plant it right into the ground. Just have it prepped ahead of time. Yeah. You don't want to be sitting there digging a hole or like worse <laughs> yet like hit a pipe oh yeah no right like that's not gonna bode well for the rest of the ceremony no no maybe not even the marriage e mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes i guess this is also us saying call before you dig or whatever <laughs> that saying is <laughs> all those commercials yeah is that yeah. the right one yeah i think that's it <laughs> call before you dig that sounds familiar yeah, so that's pretty straightforward. Um, the third thing is warming the ring. Um, so basically, for ring warming ceremony, and we've seen this done before, is that like, and it's probably not a good idea to do in a pandemic now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, the rings get like tied onto these cute little ribbons into a little plate so they don't get lost in case somebody drops the plate. And <laughs> there's like specific things for this like specifically made for this. Um, you can put it into a box that has like a little latch on it if you're that concerned. Um, and then basically it gets passed around from each person that's attending the ceremony and they just warm the ring with their good wishes. Oh, that's super cute. Right. So that I think is like a really sweet option. Um, and the thing is too, is, um, if you are in a pandemic like we are right now, you can make sure that like maybe it just goes to like each of your parents. So say like one ring goes to the other set of parents and the other ring goes to the other set of parents. Like you cross over who gets the ring kind of thing. So like, for example, my mom would get your ring mm-hmm. and your parents would get my ring and they would hold it and put all their good thoughts into it. Aww. And then that is a good way to keep it in your bubble and still have your ring warming ceremony. Um, and if you want to do this at like a larger wedding when we're allowed to, we've actually just left the rings at a box near the, um, guest book sign in table. And so people could like leave their warm wishes and not touch the rings itself, but like just leave their warm wishes. Yeah. So that's an option too. 
Number four is sealing an anniversary box. And Lucien has done it in so many fun ways. I think my favorite one is getting like a custom box made up with your names and your wedding date. And you put it, um, basically you like put in like a letter that like you open it like one year or like two or like whatever number you choose and a bottle of wine. If you're doing this for a long period of time, do not put a bottle of white wine in there. <laughs> I think sparkling's okay. If it's like a Prosecco or a champagne, maybe? Uh, no, because no. you still want to have yeah. it cool. Okay, so red wine is the thing then to go with. Um, and so then you can open it at whatever anniversary you want. And during the unity ceremony, um, you can either have the letters already in there or you can choose to place the letters in there along with the bottle of wine. And then you can hammer it shut. You know, like bury it. No. Get a few years later. <laughs> I feel like that would be really dangerous. Like you'd have to have a map and like. What <laughs> <laughs> if you move? <laughs> oh yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Walk into somebody's backyard. Sorry, we're just here for our anniversary box. Don't mind us. Right. So dig up your backyard. Yeah, no, don't. <laughs> definitely not. Um. So then you can also have like the officiant explain the significance of this during the ceremony as well, and when you choose to plan to open it, as that can be shared with everybody, and then when your anniversary, whatever year you chose, comes along, you get to open it and read the notes and drink some wine together. Um, I will also mention that I'm not a sommelier, I just like wine. So if you need tips on what kind of wine you should choose, definitely go talk to the experts at your local liquor store. They will know. They will steer you the right way. Um, the fifth option is, uh, pouring sand for your unity ceremony. This is something that's been around for a really long time. Um, the most common of this is actually having, um, two jars of sand that you both pour into a single glass. Um, and if you want it to be like an art piece for your home, you can use two different colors and layer them to create your own little design in the jar. Um, we've also, um, seen like kids being part of the ceremony as well, just like with the unity candle so that they have like their own little thing of sand. Um, my hot tip here is that make sure you have enough sand that fills the entire glass. So, cause like if it's like half full, I feel like that just, I don't know. It's so like dissatisfying mm. for like the aesthetics of it all. All about the aesthetics. I know, right? <laughs> um, this is a fun one. I think this one's right up your alley. We could have done it, actually. We were in a restaurant if they would have let us. Um, create a cocktail, number Ooh, six. That's fun. Yeah. Well, we kind of did that. We had our signature cocktails at our reception. No, but this is like actually mixing the cocktail as part of the ceremony. Oh. Yeah. So, like, you could do... Like, say, if you both liked beer, we do not. Yeah. <laughs> Rob does. I don't. Um, you can pour two different kinds of beer in, usually like a light and a dark, into a glass, and then enjoy your first sip as a newly married couple. Um, or you could do like a cocktail creation. Um, like, maybe like you guys both like the same cocktail. 
and you could just do a really simple version of that. Um, I would suggest though, like if you're going to do like an old fashioned, have it like already pre-mixed, ready to go. So like everything is already in one glass and then the liquor is in another glass and you literally are just pouring it into one. One that person's adding the liquor. doesn't really work for an no, old fashioned because it's pretty much all liquor. <laughs> um, okay. What would work then instead? I don't know. You could do like a gin and tonic. No, yeah, that could work. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. I know one of our commissioners would love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's definitely an option. Again, this is something where you'd have to talk to your venue as to whether you need to get all of that stuff from them or if you can bring in your own stuff. Um, and then you'd also need to arrange having ice in the main glass ready for you because no one wants a warm cocktail. <laughs> so just a couple things to think about logistic-wise about that. Um, seven is, um, something that's actually really traditional. It's hand fastening or sorry, hand fasting by fastening hands together. That's what I meant to say. It's from Ireland and Scotland. Oh yeah. I have heard of this. Yeah. And it's actually become so popular that a lot of people are using it. It doesn't, you don't have to be Irish or Scottish. And basically again, it happens after you exchange vows. Um, a lot of people just call it hand fasting and just call it that. Um, you can, and they, you can do it like as part of your vows, even if you want. So basically imagine that like, as you join hands or hold each other's wrists, uh, the officiant wraps a cord around them into a loose knot. Um, usually, uh, you're using a dyed cord for this ceremony, um, but you can use lots of things like tartans, ribbons, scarves, even small floral garlands, right? No, yeah, your favorite. I know, my favorite. Um, but yeah, it's basically a symbol of eternal and infinite love. Aww. I know, so sweet. <laughs> Um, so number eight is kind of more of a religious option. So you might've seen this at the religious ceremonies and you just thought it was part of the whole to do. Um, but it's basically, um, called a unity knot. And so kind of like a take on hand fasting. Um, it's, but it's got three, uh, strands in the cord instead. And then it, it's derived from a part in the Bible. I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. I'm super sorry to anyone who's listening. Ecclesiastes 412. Um, apparently it says though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So this is apparently typically symbolizing the joining of a man, a woman, and God as equal partners. Um, but apparently you can use it in other religious non, like you don't have to be like a fully religious couple to use it. Um, you could consider the third cord to represent who supports you the most, whether it be your family, your friends, or your community. That's cool. Yeah. No, I don't think I have seen take. that one. No? Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so during the ceremony, basically, um, you take turns braiding the rope and securing it with a knot, and then after the wedding, the um, rope is like mounted onto a canvas or wood plank in your home, and it's supposed to serve as a reminder of commitment and strength. Oh. Number nine, this is great if you get hungry and snacky a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to say that right off the bat. So like you. Yeah. 
Yeah. But also maybe you don't want to like have photos of you eating during your ceremony, but anyways, <laughs> um, make a sandwich. Wait, this is a legit thing. This is a legit thing. People make sandwiches yes. while they're getting married Yes, as part of the ceremony. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, man. Um, it's basically you choose your favorite sandwich. You both prepare a slice of bread, and then you bring the sandwiches together. Um, so this is like best done with peanut butter and jam or like peanut butter and honey or, you know, something simple. Like you don't want like ham and like <laughs> cheese and lettuce and tomatoes and mayo and like all of that. And and, yeah. And you know, this yeah. is not the kind of sandwich we're talking about. <laughs> simple. Keep it simple. Cause people are not going to want to watch you mow down on a BLT <laughs> during your ceremony. <laughs> I mean, you know, to each their own. Some people might enjoy that. <laughs> and this one also comes with another footnote of do check with your venue if you're allowed to bring in outside food or if, like, they need to provide this kind of stuff for you because you don't want to break any rules. What if it's, like, a Subway sandwich or McDonald's burger or something like that? Um, but that you can't make it then. No. I know. Unless, I don't know. I'm people joking. Do, I'm well, joking. It's okay. Don't people do, like, funny things with, like, McDonald's sandwiches and they, like, take, like, another bit of another sandwich and put it inside of another sandwich? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I guess you could do that. That'd be considered making a sandwich. Yeah? Yeah? If you're into McDonald's? Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. I'm trying to give people ideas here. Stop writing on my Unity Ceremony Parade. <laughs> Um, so 10 isn't necessarily religious, but it's more, um, just spiritual and it's incorporating a spiritual moment. Um, so for example, you could put taking communion, forming a prayer circle, singing a song, um, of your faith. It's all ways to incorporate spirituality into the ceremony. Um, the unity part comes in where you include your family and friends, which symbolizes the joining of your communities in your marriage. Um, you could also even include a spiritual aspect from your heritage or wherever it is that you're tying the knot. Um, for example, when we were in Mexico, it was an option to have a shamanic ceremony. Um, and we've also had Middle Eastern weddings where they have something called a Sofria God, which is basically, I think, 19 to 21 things. I can't remember off the top of my head that like all represent something that uh, we wish for the couple in their future together. And I, one of the things is actually a mirror so that they can look into their future together. Aww. Yeah, and there's, like, almonds and eggs and, like, so many things. There's, like, a whole list of what all this stuff represents. And then near the end, um, remember when we had that um, last May? There was, like, a little bit of honey to, like, wish them sweetness in life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they, like, and it was, um, I think, the bride's mom that actually, like, gave them each, like, a little bit of honey for that. Didn't we didn't we give them the honey for that? We did give them honey for that. Yeah, we brought it back from Greece. Well, we already had it around and I was like, yeah. you guys don't worry about it. We got you. <laughs> and that was the one with the sugar ceremony as well, right? Yeah, so um 
this is basically where um, the women in the couple's life get hold like a shawl over the couple in four corners, and then they each. Well, and there's like one woman who starts it. So there's five women in total that come up and it could be men in your life as well, but I've usually just seen it with women. And basically like the sugar is sprinkled over the couple to also um, bring them sweetness in life. Just a whole lot of sweetness. <laughs> <laughs> there are other things too, but that's like a whole other podcast episode. I feel yeah. like. <laughs> so... Do you get what I mean now by unity ceremony? Yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Any other fun ones you can think of? Uh, no. No? No. That's it? Like I said, I've, I've <laughs> only been to a couple of weddings, and they've all been kind of that very traditional. Yeah. Way. I know a couple ones that I thought would be also really fun to do is, like, if you're... Um, uh, from like a Chinese or Vietnamese background where you do like a tea ceremony, uh, you could brew some tea as well as part of the ceremony. Um, so you like maybe like put like a little bit of honey and then, or like maybe even like brew the tea itself and then put a little bit of honey in a cup and you take a sip from the cup. Um, I thought this one was really cool in Japan. They do it with sake during the ceremony. Um, so basically, uh, there's three cups of sake that are poured and it is for the couple, the, um, and then each side of the families and they all drink it together as a part of the unity ceremony. And that's just part of like the tradition there. So I thought that was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Um, we also have seen, um, people do like, um, Oh my gosh, what's the word for it? Uh, <laughs> blending coffee, I guess. Yes, blending. Okay. Um, they were like, they just both take like their favorite blend and you do that instead of the sand ceremony. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so you would definitely want to make sure you get complementing kinds of coffee when you do that kind of thing, but just another idea to throw out there. Just to remember that, like, whatever you choose, it's something that is unique to the two of you, and you don't even have to feel pressure to do this at all. Like, we, we didn't have it no. at all. I think our version of this was probably eating with everybody afterwards. Or stopping in the middle to hug my brother. <laughs> that was just for him. He was gonna cry. Yeah. Oh no, you we weren't supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but anyways, we would love to hear what you did as for the unity portion of your ceremony or any fun ideas that you have that could be incorporated for future ceremonies. Um, drop us a line at rad at radocasions.ca or comment on our That's Rad Facebook page. Um, and until next time, stay rad.